All right, we're back in the wrestling room for one more week here with Anthony Ashnall. I guess I, it's probably by popular demand. I mean, people are fired up about the show. I don't know if it's if it's you. It's probably not me. Or the <laughs> fact that they're just really bored sitting in quarantine wanting to listen to us. But how you been, man? How's everything going? It's awesome, man. I mean, making the most out of the situation still. I think, I think maybe it's our special guest that we've been bringing on. You know, we've had some great guys so far. Uh, Todd Frazier and Frankie Egger, two Tom's River hometown heroes. And I'm excited to hear a little bit about Gio's story today about where he grew up and maybe uh, what made him decide to come down to New Jersey for college and what he's up to right now. So uh, I think maybe that, that goes a little bit to why, why people want us back right now. But it's been, no, there's, it's been yeah. fun to chat it up for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. The hour goes super, super quick. And my staff's making fun of me like we're supposed to have a call at one. I'm like, I don't know if I'll be off by one because this thing can go on. So it's been awesome. There's a lot to talk about, uh, especially with Gio. You know, I'm excited to hear I'm excited to hear his feelings about the rack and what it's like to compete in there. Both you and him. I'm, I'm excited to hear about, you know, where he went with social media. Uh, I love hearing about coaches. Right. So I want to I want to hear about Pykele and his relationship. All that stuff's good. And just that whole transformation from being I don't want to say doormat that's not a fair word but where that basketball program has come to where they are now is, is pretty special yeah it would, it's it's going to be interesting to hear that and who who was the staff when he was getting recruited same staff that's there now uh I don't know that's uh I mean I guess Pike's been there three years yeah Pike probably recruited him I'm sure that staff's recruited yeah. him yeah. yeah but he grew up looking at a different kind of Rutgers basketball team than than he's a part of so yeah, and there's an interesting story, what he told me, very similar to the way you speak to everybody. But when we were doing Midnight Madness, we'll get into it, but just kind of what he told me about just the block R and wanting to build this thing. So that'll be that'll be cool. Let me just give everybody uh, who wants to come on or follow along the, the fan script here. Remember, you can come and talk with Anthony and I face-to-face by coming on Fad Cred, Fan Cred app, watching the show on air, and pressing the green fan line button. Love to see all you guys come on the show. Or if you just have a question you want answered, you know, uh, go in the comments. We already got one. Joe's keep coming back because all those good looks. Valerie, thanks for doing this. The two of you make our Friday so much better. That's all really we're trying to do and kind of what we started out trying to do. And it's been fun, man. I, you know, this is tough. This is tough right now. You coming over yesterday was huge for yeah. me mentally. Uh, I know we talk a lot, but just you being here was awesome for my son. Yeah. Uh, those workouts you put us through are are really, really hard. Yeah. And uh, we should be releasing that to the public soon, um, possibly tomorrow or Sunday, depending on head coach Mike Mike Motives. Uh, see what he has to say and see. He, he makes the edits and stuff as well, so he does a good job. I just – I wait on him. I take the videos, do the workouts, make sure I do a good job, and then uh, – he cuts them up, makes them maybe music in the background or puts like the sets in, right in what workouts we're doing, what kind of exercise we're doing while we're doing it. But uh, me, Coach and everybody me, could Coach do it. Everybody Zach, could do it. Me, Coach Goodale and Zach did one yesterday. And uh, I don't want to brag, but I won out of all three of us. You're going to have to tune into the video to see who won Zach or Coach Goodale. But at Coach <laughs> Goodale's age, he's still in really good shape, man. He he hustled. And even after that workout, we hit it. We hit 100 reps of what? Uh, rows, biceps, and uh, shoulders, and shoulders as well. So, I, it, it's hard keeping. You know, you. I look at you. I'm like, all right. You know what, Olympic athlete, that's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to. But now I see my son, and he's just mentally. It's not good for me to look to the left because he's killing it, and I'm struggling. And I was taking the last ten seconds of every meeting to collect my ball bearings and kind of get ready for the next minute. So it was hard. Here's a comment, Elliot. Gio was in Coach Peichel's first recruiting class. I thought that I would love to know if that was like, let's go after a hammer right away. How was he? How did Peichel go about that first recruiting class? Was he his number one guy? Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to hear all that stuff and how that process went. Dude's from New Hampshire. I never like in our sport, Ant. When you draw somebody from New Hampshire, you're probably pretty fired up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. How are you they automatic? How are they, in, how are they in any other sports? Any? I, I've never – this is the only guy I've ever heard. Maybe he has some insight on who else from New Hampshire's made it, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Yeah. If rules permit, can you take a little – talk a little bit about our JUCO 
national champ Boone McDermott. He signed his NLI this morning. That We got that in the mail, so I am able to comment on him. Boone's a national champ, junior college national champ. Had some options out of high school. Went to South Dakota State really, really quick. Bono left. Uh, didn't really take any visits, so he kind of rushed into it. Didn't want to do that, so decided to go to Iowa Central, where Pat Downey and Pat Downey's from, and of course Richie Lewis is from. Uh, took a red shirt year, wrestled last year, won a national title. This is a big Iowa farm boy, uh, just built, thick, very athletic. Grew up wrestling lighter weight, 60, 70, 220, and then finally heavyweight. He's a full, full 220 pounder. So we're excited to get him, and uh, it's a it's a good situation. Anytime you can get some big boys, I think we're bringing in. We'll have some depth. At uh, heavyweight next year, there'll be like five guys in the room. From what I hear too, he's uh, he's a pretty confident guy. He uh, he believes in his abilities. Yeah, he is very confident, and it's a funny story. He came to the Illinois match. We were in a rut. I don't mind telling this story, and we didn't wrestle great that night. And Illinois has a really really good team, and just was I knew from the beginning Illinois would be a tough matchup for us. Uh, but we struggled in the first five weights, and he was sitting on the. He came down. He's not allowed to be on the bench during the match, so he came down during the middle of it. And after halftime, I came back out to start the second half. And he said, man, you boys are out of shape, coach. <laughs> I was like, this is been imperfect right here. He just got in my face and told me that I was, and then we wrestled Ryder two nights later. And I called him, I said, you saw that? Are we still out of shape? There's nothing to do. We're in great shape. <laughs> level of competition. So I got, I took that a little personal, but he got right in my face. Good. good yeah. man. So, For sure. That's good, man. Um, yeah. I love kids like that. Honestly. I mean, um, there's a time and place when to wear the wear that confidence, but uh, no, I think that's a good fit for this Jersey culture, for the rack, for uh, just just the environment he's going to be in. He's obviously going to rise to the occasion, and he wants to be in that environment just by that comment. So it's exciting to uh, to see what he's going to be able to do here. Yeah, let's get. Uh, I think this may be your dad again, Bill, in South Plainfield's backstage. We'll take him real quick before we get Geo on. So. He gets another shot. There he is. What's going on? Uh, I can't hear you, Wild Bill. Yeah. Can't hear you. We got audio difficulty. Audio difficulty. Dang. Oh, he's wrong. Dang. Maybe he can type in what he wanted to ask. Yeah. yeah. How's he doing, man? Is it still it's busy? Busy as heck for him. Yeah, it's super busy. Uh, he's just doing. They're just doing what they can do. Um, yeah. Delivering medicine, giving people the medicine they need, and uh, I mean that's it, man. He's busy. He's working for sure, and he's working. I'm sure more hours than what's on his schedule right now. Just making sure the business is running properly, and um, they need to still be making money too. So it's uh, it's around the clock for sure. Just, just before, I'll give you a quick update on what we're hearing from the university. And I can't go into great detail because all of this is, you know, word got, I guess it was released. Uh, some coaches will take pay cuts. There's going to be cuts across the university, nothing to do with athletics. I don't want that to get spread. No athletics are going to get cut, nothing like that. But there will be, we're going to, we're already being told to look at our budget uh, from a standpoint of, you know, what we're going to be able to do. But we already started doing that. We kind of know where we're at. And, uh, if we can help, we'll certainly help. Um, but you'll see some things happening university-wide, uh, again, not athletic department-wide. It'll certainly trickle down, I'm sure, at every major institution. But right now, there'll be some university things happening to make cuts. And uh, uh, we actually got a check in the mail. My daughter uh, uh, was a freshman this year. We got a check in the mail back to us, a pretty good amount for her, her living. Obviously, she wasn't living there in the dorm, so they gave us money back. So, you know, that's – probably hit in the university. So you're going to see some cuts going on. Uh, again, we'll, we'll all rally from it and we'll be back to normal soon, but we, we all understand. Uh, I can tell talking to all the coaches, we all understand where we're at, what we need to do going forward. So that's really all I have from an update on that. Um, it's a tough spot, but we'll be good for it. I think Geo's backstage. This should be pretty good. I hope the fans jump on this and get involved in this and we're, we're fired up to have them. Yeah, let's bring him in. Let's get Gio in here. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? Gio. Nothing, man. Just, you know, nothing much, really. You know, it's, you know, it's tough times right now. So, just yeah, trying to stay 
bit. You back home um, in uh, New Hampshire for this all, for all this? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm back home right now. I was in Jersey for a little bit, but um, you know, with everything going on, it was getting a little crazy in New Jersey. So I uh, decided to go back home. Yeah. So where? where How far is that? Say it again. Go ahead, Ant. Where is that in New Hampshire? Like, where do you live? Like, explain like your environment so, in the wilderness. All right, so, I'm from I'm from Derry, New Hampshire. It's uh, in southern New Hampshire, so it's like 45 minutes from Boston. Okay, nice. Relatively. I got it. That's my first question for you, Gio. I'm so yeah. pumped that you're on this. First of all, I love watching you play. I love watching you compete. You. Uh, we'll get into all that stuff about the rack and between you and Anthony in the rack and how you felt and the mindset in the rack and all that pretty soon. But I got to ask you how how Rutgers, how New Jersey from New Hampshire. We were talking before you came on. I don't really know anybody, mm-hmm. any athlete, major athlete from New Hampshire. And I could be naive to the whole thing, but it's crazy for somebody from New Hampshire. It's just different. So how New Jersey, how Coach Pikel, where did that all come from? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you're definitely right. There's definitely not a, a lot of guys coming out of New Hampshire. You know, it's a really small state. And, um, no, but there's talent, though. That's one thing I'll say. There's definitely talent. And, um, you know, recently it's probably picked up a little bit. Uh, my age group, there was definitely a lot of good players. Uh, in terms of of Coach Peichel, uh my trainer had actually played for Coach Peichel when he was an assistant at GW. So that's kind of how the connection started. Um, my trainer already knew who Coach Peichel was. They had a good relationship. Um, and basically he reached out and told them that they should come watch me play. So that's kind of how that connection started because, I mean, like you said, I'm from New Hampshire. So, like, he wouldn't have found me uh, in any other way. And uh, – so that's kind of how it started. Uh, I kind of had some inside information on how Coach Pikel was as as a person, you know, not just as a coach, because of that relationship that my trainer had with him. So that helped me uh, be very comfortable with picking Rutgers and picking Coach Pikel. Cool, man. Yeah. Were you um, were you looking were you looking anywhere else for school for schools? Like, did you take any other visits or any other coaches come knocking on your door? I took um, some unofficial visits, uh, BU, uh, Boston University, uh, Northeastern, but it, Rutgers was really the only like high, like high major program that had offered me. Uh, Kansas State did also, but the we didn't have really like constant contact like that. Um, so Rutgers was definitely like the only like very big school that had offered me. Nice. Tell, tell me a little bit about like, I don't know if you know our story, but we had some some pretty good teams before Anthony got there. Mm-hmm. And then when Anthony got there, obviously, with everything he's done and what Seriano's done and some other guys as well, mm-hmm. uh, the program just elevated. Clearly, that's happened with you and your class. Um, tell us, talk to us a little bit and the fans just a little bit about what it was like year one as a freshman mm-hmm. and kind of grinding being. And I don't, I used this earlier. I don't mean this in a bad way, but maybe the bottom of the Big Ten. Yeah. Right. You guys were at the bottom compared to where you are today. Yeah, uh, you know, when, when Coach Peichel was first recruiting me, uh, you know, he gave it to me straight. He said, you know, we're, we're at the bottom right now, but that's not where we're going to finish. And, um, it, you know, it was that vision that I really believed in. And, and I'm an underrated guy as it is, so I, I enjoyed that. Like, I like I liked that challenge. Um, and, you know, like we – everyone who came in, basically how I explained it to them was that we have a chance to be the first ones to do it. And, you know, we have a chance to make history. Like, if, if we do it, then we're remembered forever. So that's kind of how I viewed it. And um, that first year, was it was tough. You know, I, I, I wasn't really used to losing. In high school, I was a winner. Uh, it, it was hard for me. But, um, you know, it was a struggle that I feel like I had to go through to learn how to win in college. And I, I feel like that first year really helped me. And, you know, I, I, learned, I learned a lot of stuff just by watching, not even what guys were telling me, but you know, a guy like Corey Sanders, you know, how he handled the pressure of being the best player, um, you know, just watching him, how he handled it every single game, you know, good games and bad games. I feel like it, it really helped me uh, when I got put in that position as a sophomore and, and uh, this past year. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, to me, it seems like you want the ball a lot at the end of the game, that game winning shot. Is that because you feel like you're like uh, the guy that's going under the radar a lot of the times and you feel like you maybe want something to prove or you deserve you maybe maybe you're you're working as hard as you can and you feel like you earned it and now you want that shot um what what comes with that mindset where does that mindset come from a little bit that you want the ball at the end of the game taking that game winner shot yeah it's it's definitely a big mental thing um I, you know at the end of the game i just i just like the ball in my hands i, I feel like 
know, it's just, I, I don't, you know, I really don't even know how to describe it, but um, like you said, it's, it's a big mental thing and having that mindset, you know, starts way before the game, you know, in practice when you, you know, you're, you're getting shots up by yourself and you're kind of imagining that big moment. And then when it finally comes, you, you've already done it. You know, when, when there's no one in the gym, there's no one there watching. You kind of already made that shot uh, a bunch of times. And, um, you know, when you see that shot goes in, it just feels great. And it just gives you so much more confidence to do it again. And uh, I, I feel like that's where it comes from. Yeah. I think Anthony, Anthony always tells the story now. He always pictured himself taking the red corner. I think it was the red corner, the story goes, but coming out of the tunnel at the national tournament and visualizing that when he was little because it's – that's our biggest tournament of the year, obviously, is the national yeah. tournament. Yeah. And uh, just being in that moment and being in that smart spot and how that match is going to go, I think you're right. Visualization is huge and uh, just knowing and having the confidence to do it. And you've probably failed at it a bunch too, right? Yeah, you've probably for sure. failed and for sure. have missed that shot. So mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of that mindset, what do you think of the, uh, the Jordan documentary so far? I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. Why? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I actually have no cable in my house right now, so I didn't get. A, I didn't get a chance to watch it. And I'm, they don't even have cable up in New Hampshire, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have good cable. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh wow! I know. Well, no, I'm, I'm. I'm really mad about it. I really. I really got to see it. So, do you have a yeah. hoop out there? Uh yeah. I have a little. I have a little private gym that uh, my friend. My friend's been letting me use. And uh, we've been really safe about it. You know, the rules are basically only two people in the gym and they're on opposite sides of the court. No, no interaction, no rebounding for each other. So uh, it's, it's been safe and it's been good. It's been really good. So you've been, tra- you've been training, putting balls up. You've been, you've been getting. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, I was listening earlier. I, I'm not doing the, uh, it sounds like you guys have been training a lot harder than me. You're way left to broken. But uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been training, you know, trying to just stay fit and, um, you know, staying prepared, staying prepared for whatever happens next. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, I got, you, I got go one, one more question, you know, um, with basketball, you know, there's a lot of ups, ups and downs in the game, you know, loud fans get really loud. Fans are mm-hmm. for the most part, in the big moments, they're loud at home, and the moments that aren't so great, it's kind of quiet. Um, do you notice the moments that are high, or do you just try to kind of play through them? Because um, me as a wrestler, you know, it's a very taxing sport. If you mm-hmm. let your emotions get too high, too low, you know, it could cost you a match, or it could cost you maybe getting too tired too quickly. And there's there's moments in my career I could look back, and the rack would get really loud, and I would get super excited and like mm-hmm. kind of like exert like another really big burst of energy and then be exhausted and hanging on the wind at the last seconds. And there's other times it got really loud. I was like, cool, I'm going to go hard, but I'm going to like just keep stick with the game plan, keep chopping away. Um, yeah. What's your mindset with that, with basketball at the rack? Yeah. Uh, you know, and you kind of, you kind of uh, talked about it with us when you spoke to us, you know, as a team about that. And, um, you know, it definitely opened my eyes on the whole situation uh, just from that. But, um, I'd say my freshman year, I definitely uh, would get too high on the highs and I would get too low on the lows. Sophomore year, I got a little bit better at it. And then I really felt like this past year was when I, I kind of like conquered that where, you know, I tried to stay level headed no matter what was going on. And um, I feel like that was that was a really big part of, you know, why I helped us win some games. Uh, you know, I think that basketball is such a mental sport where you can let things get to your head so easily. And, you know, this past year was like the first time where I felt like, whether I was playing really well or playing really bad, I still did the other things to help the team win. And uh, I feel like that was, that was probably the most important thing. And I, I felt like our team across the board, everyone did that. And um, that's really rare to see in a team, you know, guys, you know, if you're not playing well, it's really easy to just get off track and, you know, focus on yourself and be selfish. But, uh, um, you know, I felt like the team as a whole was just very selfless and, you know, sacrificing for each other. And that, that's what made it so special. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. We got a uh, we got a question for the people out there that don't know Anthony. Anthony spoke to the team. Uh, Coach Peichel brought Anthony in just to, I guess, talk to the team about how he dealt with social media uh, and the outside world as he made his national championship run all of last year. And he went off social media. Uh, just a couple. I have a couple questions in the chat, but Ant, you want to just touch on that kind of 
the message you sent to those guys and really all the, cause we do, we have a lot of, not only fans, but we got a lot of kids uh, out here that are listening. And, and yeah. so this is pretty important. It's always something we have a lot of dialogue on with our guys, the social media. And I had one with our incoming guys today. So it's really, really important. I thought your message was awesome. Yeah. Just want to touch on what you told those guys. For me in that, in that senior year where I was at in life, man, going through, going through Rutgers, man, uh, I saw one one kid in my in one in my class that I came in. He was like, "He all knows what I, well, well know what I mean by this." You might be a little confused, Cody. Uh, he was like, "2014 to 2016 at Rutgers was a movie," and it really was, man. Like the the, the scene of, at co- around College Ave at, around night times and just the social scene was a movie, man. It was just crazy times and uh, oh, I know. And I got wrapped up in it a little bit for sure, and. Uh, that senior season, I got off of social media because I knew how I had to go. I, I had to compete my best. I knew how I uh, I was going to prepare best. And social media was just kind of toxic for me at the time. It was creating a lot of distractions. Whether it was um, just not the right motiv- not the right motivation to go be a champion when it was time to go wrestle on the mat. So uh, for me, the best and easiest thing to do is just get off it and remove it from my life. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, just because I wanted to be number one. Of course, I wanted to be number one, but it was just to be the best wrestler I could be at that time. And um, I wanted to be a national champion really bad, and I dedicated a lot of my life towards that. Um, but it wasn't going to be the end of the world if I didn't accomplish that. But getting off of social media was just a toxic thing for me for the wrestling environment at Rutgers at that time. And I just needed to be able to compete my best and to do that. I just kind of removed myself from the people that were really high, the people that were really low about it. I just removed myself completely. And I put myself in the best mental situation to go to go compete the best I could. Gio, are you able to do that this season? Yeah, uh, you know, after he spoke to us, um, you know, I tried to take, take it very serious because that's something that definitely affected me, uh, you know, freshman and sophomore year, you know, especially we weren't winning as many games. So there was, you know, twice as many people uh, telling us what we should do, what we shouldn't do how things should go. And um, I think the, just the most important thing is that you need to listen to the people that are on the inside. Um, you know, people who are on the outside, they have no idea how much you train every day. They have no idea, uh, you know, just about everything. They have no idea what's going on, you know, on the inside. And, and, you know, it's, it's cool that they care, you know, fans obviously care about their programs and that's, and that's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to listen to the people that are on the inside. And, um, you know, I definitely tried to stay off social media. I still had Instagram, but um, I stayed off Twitter which was which I felt like was the most, uh, you know, hard, like hardest thing where people will come at you the most. And um, so that was that was definitely something that helped me a lot. Um, you know, when I had a bad game, I wasn't on Twitter looking at all the bad things people were saying. And then when I had a good game, I wasn't looking at everyone telling me I was the greatest to ever come through Rutgers. So, like that was that was uh, really good for me. And, um, you know, I, I stressed that to my teammates as well. You know, I told everyone I was going to get off Twitter and they should try the same thing. You know, I, I have no idea if everyone did it or not, but, um, you know, it was I, it was really good for me, and I'm sure it worked for other guys too. Yeah, I think it's, it, was, so many- it was a great – when when I did it, it felt like relieving. Like when I was wrestling yeah. and competing during that time, it was like – it was like just go compete the best you can when it was time to compete. It wasn't like let's look on Twitter and see what people are saying about Rutgers wrestling versus Michigan tonight. It's just like, oh, who am I wrestling? Cool. My game plan's I'm going to kill this kid. Like tonight yeah. I'm going to get a tech pin. Like uh like the mindset just changes a little bit to more positive thoughts instead of more negative fighting the negative thoughts away like you're yeah. just constantly positive yeah we got absolutely. a comment you were the 414th rank recruit coming out so look at where you've come that's a credit to your work ethic that's awesome we got a bunch of people asking how you bat and this has got to be from my sister how do you lead your team and get their mind right as a leader coming off a tough loss, going into a tough practice to prepare for the next game. Because as we all know, the Big Ten, they don't care whether you win or lose. It's mm-hmm. on to the next one. So yeah. how do you guys go about that? And and I kind of know how Ant went about it, but how do you go about that? Yeah, yeah I mean, well, you kind of just said it. Uh, you know, it's on to the next one. And um, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, I feel like in basketball, it's very important to not rely, like not look into the past, whether it's a missed shot or, or a lost game. You know, every game is, is a new start. And, you know, we're trying our our mindset was we're trying to go one and zero every single game. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at it. You can't really, uh, you know, look look at what happened the past couple games. Uh, that's you know, that's kind of when you start getting in your own head and you get into a little slump. And um, 
I think the most important thing is just, you know, we're focused on winning as a unit. You know, we're not focused on how many points one guy can get. We're not focused on, you know, individual things, you know, basketball is such a team sport where if, as long as you're focused on one true goal and that's just to win the game, then you put yourself in a great position. And yeah. it just goes back to the same thing I was saying earlier, where it's just, you know, it's just a mental thing. Uh, whether you're playing good or bad, you can do so many different things to affect the game. And, um, you know, like I, I broke my thumb in the middle of the season and I was, I was, I was playing with a broken thumb at, at a certain point where I literally had like a hard piece of clay on my thumb. Like I couldn't even really use my left hand, but, um, I told him, I told coach Michael, like I can, I can do other things to affect the game. I can play defense. I can, I can lead these guys on the court. And, uh, we got a couple of wins while, while I had that broken thumb. And I felt like, you know, I did some things that, that affected the game and helped the team win. That was the most important thing, even though I wasn't scoring or, you know, doing fantastic, like spectacular things on the court. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, looking at your guys' team this year, man, you guys were like great team. I went to two games, um, just like what you were kind of talking about before, you know, someone's having a bad game, but you're, you're positive, encouraging everyone else on the team, making good plays, whether it's an assist instead of shooting the ball or something, but everyone's kind of just working as a unit in your team. And mm -hmm. um, we got a question in the comments. It just says, with right now, with everything being so busy, how do how do you teammate? How do you stay close with a team with teammates, support one another, and stay busy today with all that's going on? You answered already, kind of being busy, you, you're mm -hmm. shooting and stuff still. But how are you staying in touch with your teammates right now, or are you at all, or mm -hmm. is coach reaching out, giving you guys certain workouts to be hitting on your own? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I definitely try to stay in touch with everybody, you know, just checking in, making sure that everybody's good. And then uh, we actually have team meetings every week. We have a team meeting uh, right after the show. So uh, we'll have. I thought you could use it. Maybe we get out of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got some uh, right after. So uh, just, you know, where everyone checks in, you know, it's, it's the whole staff, you know, it's it's not just the players. It's, you know, it's the coaching staff, you know, our academic advisor, our, you know, our, our weight trainer, we got everybody in there. So it's cool just for everyone to just check in real quick, see how everyone's doing. And uh, it's a weekly thing. So that's really nice. But, you know, I, I definitely try to check in on everybody. Uh, you know, I think like that's kind of my job as a captain, just make sure that everyone's good. And, you know, it's, it's a lot bigger than basketball, just make sure that their family's healthy and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, I have a couple. I have a couple still left, and and this could take us a whole, a whole bunch of different places. But I, I was obviously firsthand. I got to see the way the university, uh, kind of treated. I was around a little bit. I first started after Shiano in two thousand six. I got in two thousand seven, so I saw how big the football was after beating Louisville, and I was at that game. Right. And I was obviously firsthand with Suriano and Ashnall, the way they were treated when they got back. Uh, from the national tournament, right? We were starving to have a national champ in any sport, in any sport. Yeah. But what you guys were going through all year uh, was just – was sick, was great, right? Are we going to be in the tournament or are we not going to be in the tournament? Yeah. Uh, then we win one late, and, and that, that's a lot of pressure, right? That's night in and night out. And then you talk about social media. The minute you lose a game, everyone's off the bandwagon. Oh, we stick, be in the NIT, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, we win late in the year. I forget who it was. Uh, we beat somebody late in the year. Now all this pressure, and you're going to the tournament. You're yeah. going to the tournament. And I know that's the goal. Uh, and eventually it's going to be, let's be a sweet 16 team. Let's be a final four team. Let's win the tournament. But just to make the tournament, and I just saw the way that that university was ready to rally like I haven't seen in you know really a long, long time. So just take us through what that's like with your teammates and your staff mm. and how is Pykel? Is he mild-mannered? Is it just – Stay the course. I know you're going to say one game at a time, but let's not go yeah. coach speak yeah. and athlete speak. Let's be real, right? This place is yeah. bumping. This place is bumping. It's getting yeah. fired up, and we're going to make the tournament, and then boom, it's canceled. So where yeah. are you at? So I'll go. I'll go before it when uh you know we we had lost a couple of games. Uh, you know, spirits were definitely down. You know what I mean? Uh, it was it was tough. It was tough for people because we felt like that we deserved to be in the tournament, but we weren't winning. You know, those key road games, you know, we had lost a couple on the road by like one or two points. And uh, that was tough for everybody. But, um, you know, we had a senior captain, a quasi, uh, myself, senior Shaq Carter, you know, we kind of just said, like, we're right. We're right where we want to be, you know, uh, you know, believe in ourselves, believe in each other. And, you know, that it, it'll everything will work out. 
And uh, we won those last two games against Maryland and Purdue. And um, after that Purdue game, I can't even, I don't even know how Purdue. So just a little background, Purdue is the hardest place to play in the Big Ten for basketball. That was one of my questions by, in the quick hitters far, a little bit. By, by, by far, like the hardest place to play in the Big Ten for basketball. And, you know, it's it's just so loud. You know, before then, I had lost by 30 points every game at Purdue. Like it wasn't even close. So that 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 in itself was just special just to win there. But that feeling after the game was was just so different. Like everyone everyone knew we were in the tournament and you know we had worked so hard and that's it the journey had started way before the season. You know, it had started in the summer, you know, just hard work, all everything that we put into it, you know, we finally got everything back. So that feeling was just so special. And um yeah, I'd, I'd say that was probably that was really the emotions after that. So then it gets cut out from under you. Like, what is there a meeting? Is there a phone call? Is this? I know you guys are out at the Big Ten. That gets canceled. Is it on the airplane back? Like, I'm dying to be. I'm dying to be a bug on the. You know, where we? Yeah. Where? Where's the team? I would love to be in that room and just yeah. how how you handle. And I want to know how Pykele handles it. Yeah, uh, you know, it <laughs> it was tough. So we we had. We were warming up against Michigan for the Big Ten tournament. There's no fans in the building. They, they had already said there wasn't going to be fans to watch. And um, there's like 10 minutes till game time. And they just tell us to get off the court. And, you know, at that point, you know, guys are already pretty much thinking that the tournament is going to get canceled as well. The NCAA tournament's going to get canceled. So we're in the locker room and, uh, you know, Coach Michael basically comes in. You, you could tell that he's, you know, really upset too. And he's basically just saying, I, I love you guys. Like we did what we were supposed to do, you know, where we, we put ourselves in the right position. He's in, he's like, he's basically just saying he hopes that they can figure out a way to get the NCAA tournament uh, to keep, to still play. But uh, basically it was just, it was a lot of hugs. It was, you know, there was some crying, you know, it was, it was, it was very emotional. emotional. Yeah. Which Michael did a great job though, of just explaining, you know, how much, like how much he cares about us as people and, you know, how much he respects, you know, all the work that we put in, everything that we did to get us where we're at. And um, then we found out we, we had gone on a plane later that day. As soon as we landed, uh, like our, our phones are on airplane mode, obviously. So as soon as we landed, we found out that the tournament was canceled as well. And uh, that was that was tough. You know, it was, it was really tough. You know, I, I really felt bad for the seniors. Um, you know, the whole reason I wanted to make the tournament was for the seniors. Uh, I felt like they deserved it, you know, especially uh, a guy like Joey Downs. If you, if you guys know who that is, uh, you know, four year guy, walk on, comes to practice early you know, leaves late and he's the best student on the team. Just, just a lot of sacrifice. You know, he knew every day that he wasn't going to come in the game and play, but, you know, he still did the little things to help the team. And, uh, you know, it was just stuff like that that helped us get to where we were. So I felt like, you know, he deserved some payback for that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of emotions. We went to the locker room, same thing, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of hugging. But, uh, you know, it, you know, we're bonded forever now because of that. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're closer than ever because of that that situation. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about the season. The season was amazing, you know, and, uh, you know, you can control what you can control. And, uh, that's, that's just something that was out of, out of our control. And, um, you know, it sucks, but it's, it's life right now. And, and it's a lot bigger than basketball. You know, this is, this is something very serious that, uh, is affecting everybody. It's not just affecting us. Yeah. I got in the comments here, uh, your mom played basketball at MIT, so she's pretty smart. Um, yeah. How big of an influence was she in your basketball development early on? Yeah, my mom. My mom used to always beat me one on one when I was really little. Yeah, <laughs> because she was bigger than me. That's the only reason why. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was not not even really just in a basketball sense. She always kind of let me make my own decisions. But um, she the the greatest thing was that she was just very supportive, uh, no, no matter what it was, and you know. I knew that being from New Hampshire, it was going to be harder for me to make it. So I would come up with like these crazy schemes of how to like get my name out. And she would just be like, okay, let's do it. I would, I, you know, she would drive me to Boston for games. She would, I went to a private school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, because I felt like I, I could do better out there. And she, she let me do it. Like it was, it was little things that, and I, and mind you, I was like a five, three, eighth grader like I was small and I'm telling my mom I want to play basketball and she's kind of looking at me crazy but she's like all right let's do it and uh so that that really just helped me and um yeah I mean she was just so supportive and she and like you said she went to MIT she's way too smart for her own good uh, 
has there like rain textbooks right now. <laughs> but that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so she she uh really helped me just, you know, believe in myself. You know, seeing seeing that, seeing how much she believed in me, it really helped me believe in myself. So well, she did a heck of a job, man. You guys are like so similar. It's it's scary. Just the paths you've taken and, and what you believe in this in this athletic department, this university. I sat with you at Midnight Madness. And uh, I mean, Anthony, I know his story so well now and the reason why he chose Rutgers. But I asked you, and I don't even know if you remember this. I said, and I, I, I know college hoops. I love college hoops. I follow it. I don't know as far as a prospect, an NBA prospect, but I kind of asked you, would you ever leave here early? Would you ever get out of here? And what's the plans with pro? And you're, you flat out told me I'm here because I want Rutgers to be great. And yeah. Anthony kind of kind of says the same thing all the time. Clearly, that's what you're doing. Uh, just you mentioning the seniors and how important that was for you. Uh, but do you think about that every day? Is that something that drives you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I kind of said it earlier. You know, I, lo- I love the idea of being underrated. And I, I love the idea of just, you know, making your mark. And, um, you know, Rutgers had been down for so long. And uh, Coach Michael came to me with this vision that you know we could we could do something special, and um, you know I just believed it. Like I, I just you know I, I believed it right away. You know I, I love the idea of it, and um, yeah, like you said, you know I want Rutgers to be great. You know that's and it's not it's, and even when I'm gone, you know I'm I'm still trying to get kids in, in the in the class of 21 in high school trying to come to Rutgers. I'm not even going to be here. You know what I mean? So that. To me, it's just it's about it's about making it making your mark, making a legacy and, and, you know, keeping Rutgers strong. You know, I don't want it just to be good while I'm here. I want it to be to be great when I'm gone, too. So I can come back and, and you know, watch them, you know, beat guys at the rack, too. And uh, I just feel like Rutgers deserves it. You know, I, I, I see Rutgers fans, you know, uh, you know, even when we're winning, they're still like they're still finding a way to, to think that we may not make the tournament, you know, because they just <laughs> they've been through. They've been through so much, uh, honestly. And um I feel like Rutgers Nation really deserves just, you know, a winning program. And um, I feel like the guys deserve it, too. You know, we we worked so hard and and uh, I feel like everyone just deserves it. So I, I, that's definitely my goal, just to make Rutgers great. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I feel that, too. You know, like like the student body, even like any sport will have like a lot of momentum going and then all of a sudden one big loss. And it's like, well, like. Saw that coming, like it's like hey, wow. it's Rutgers. <laughs> Why did you see that coming? <laughs> what do you mean you saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big reason. I, I got a, I got a fun one here for both of you, uh, and uh, believe me, I get this answer. I feel it every single time I'm in the arena. But why the rack? Why is that place? It's hard to wrestle there. It's hard to play basketball. Why is it so? I know why it's special, but why is it so intimidating? Why can't teams come in there and win? Uh, do you uh, you want to start, Anthony? Or you want me to start? All right, man, you're the guest. All right. <laughs> uh, he's trying to think of an answer. That's why. <laughs> he's uh, never lost there. He's never lost there. <laughs> oh yeah, so you should. Yeah, you should. You're a pro with this. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I I really I honestly I don't know why it gets so loud. I want to say it has something to do with the shape. Uh, you know, but it's, you know, it's really compact. Um, you know, the, the, the fans are, are crazy. You know, I, I, you know, I've been to a couple wrestling matches, but, um, you know, for basketball, it just seems like the, the fans are going insane, you know, just, uh, and, and that's, that's something that's really cool. I felt like our play style kind of helped it. You know, we had a lot of like lobs, uh, alley-oop dunks, you know what I mean? So I felt like that kind of helped fans, uh, you know, uh, act out a little bit and um but definitely the shape i feel like the like the fans just kind of like it seems like they're kind of right on top of you and you really can't hear much on the court when when they're really loud and um i think that's really tough for opposing teams because you know it kind of just gets them distraught they don't really know uh what they're running they can't really hear each other and um we use that to our advantage yeah yeah i'd, I'd agree the shape i think also that it's like new jersey was just starving well for a good college program sure Good, good. I mean, wrestling is huge in high school in New Jersey, so they were starving for good wrestling, man. I remember when I was a freshman, we wrestled Iowa and Penn State at home, and they probably both bought, brought more more New Jersey fans of their schools than we had of Rutgers yeah. fans, and it ju- it definitely changed by the time I was a senior. But I think in yeah. general, New Jersey was just starving for good college sports, so the energy they brought, and then I don't know when they made alcohol legal in college venues but i think that helps a lot I mean, 
I went to the college two college basketball games this this season. Man, mm. the fans are like 100 percent the whole time. It's uh, yeah, 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 for sure, atmosphere for sure. And uh, wrestling, wrestling. I think they were just more starving for good college wrestling. And uh, when we provided good entertainment, they kept coming back for more. And uh, when when you keep providing a good a good service or a good service, like a good team a, that even though we weren't winning all the time, we were competing hard and we prided ourselves on competing really hard with the best teams, no matter who they were, whether we yeah. were 10th or ranked 20th, we were coming out and we were wrestling hard against them. So uh, yeah. people respected that and they kept coming back for more. I got a couple before we let you go, because I know you're busy. You're going to get on with your team, man. And we super, we are so appreciative of you coming on, but Couple quick hitters. You could both get involved. These are fun, uh, but we started talking about arenas. You mentioned Purdue. Do you know the name of that arena? Uh, Mackey Arena. Mackey Arena. You know I'm a big trivia guy. I can give okay. you every arena. Big <laughs> trivia guy. So that. But you're saying that's the hardest place to play? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Anthony, what was the hardest place for you to wrestle? Uh, I'd say Iowa. You know the name of that arena, Gio? It wasn't even full. Like yeah, yeah. Carver Hawkeye Arena. I think. Carver Hawkeye was there. Just the they, yeah, that's always the fans are so personal, man. Like they like new things about my life somehow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> um, Jordan, LeBron. Uh, I got to go with Jordan. I got Jordan too. We did this. Nice. I, didn't, I, was, I didn't expect that. This yeah. generation is all about LeBron now. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. Uh, okay. hopefully this doesn't circulate to him. <laughs> <laughs> You get, yeah, if you go to the, <laughs> you go to the Lakers, you will be. <laughs> Biggest shot you ever hit. Uh, and it doesn't have to be this year. It could be it could be a six as a sixth grader. Oh no, it's it's gotta be Purdue. It's gotta be at Purdue. Uh, you know, the last game of the season. Um, you know, if 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 I make the shot, we're going to the tournament. If I miss Maybe maybe go to the tournament, maybe not. And um that that was definitely the biggest shot of my career for sure. If you got one shot, not you, and, and you could give two answers. You could call a teammate, that's an easy one. Somebody's got to make the last shot in college basketball. Okay. You get the ticket. Who's so taking it? I can pick anyone, anyone in the world. You can pick anybody from Gonzaga to Duke to Rutgers. Oh, so it has to be it has to be a college player, though. It has to be a college player. College player. Uh, probably, uh, you guys may not know who he is, but Io DeSumo from, uh, Illinois, uh, he made probably just as many clutch shots as I did, maybe more. And, uh, it just seemed like every time he had a, he was in a clutch situation, he, he finished it off strong. So I'd probably, I'd probably go with him. How about your teammate? If it's not you taking the last shot, who's taking it? Ooh. This is an opportunity. I don't want you to get buried here. Like you might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, everyone made clutch plays. I'd, I'd probably go with Ron, uh, Probably go with Ron Harper. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't want to stay. I don't want to say stuck in quarantine because this is going to end. But you're stuck on an island, right? And if this is this could be a while. This could be six months. Who knows? Mm. You're allowed to have three people who you bring in. And Ann, I want your answer on this too. Three people uh, you're bringing to the island. Oh, I'm bringing my mom. She's smart. She knows how to cook. Uh, <laughs> she uh, should definitely help me get through it. Uh, Probably bring uh, Montez Mathis, uh, you know, one of my teammates. You know, he's a really funny, really funny guy. And, uh, man, I'm trying to think of a third. What would be a smart third option? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring, a, I'm gonna bring a pretty friend. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I gotta be honest with you guys. <laughs> There's only three of us. I gotta, I gotta bring a pretty friend with me too. There you go. <laughs> so, I was waiting for you. You're smart. Smart. Where are you going, Yo, I'm cracking up because my girlfriend heard this and she keeps peeking <laughs> her head around the corner. <laughs> She's giving me the side eye right now. So definitely her. I mean, she was my first option like, either way, you know. <laughs> you got to say that now. You got to uh, say that. I don't know. I, other than that, I mean, I got a pretty good situation right now. I got two other roommates and it's like they're two of my better better best friends that I had at Rutgers that I wrestled with. So, I mean, I'm in a great situation. This is kind of like a mock mock trial for me. Uh, yeah. I think this is the crew I'd bring with me into battle. But uh, we also have a dog. Does that count? We got a new dog. Can I bring a dog? <laughs> you can bring a dog. Yeah. Bring a dog. 
<laughs> I would bring a, I guess I, now I bring my wife. I'll bring the wife. <laughs> Bobby Bowden. I don't know if you know who he is. He used to coach a Florida State football coach. And probably Don Mattingly. I'd bring those two. Maybe Mark Messier, just because of their minds and how they went about the game. So I like to pick brains. So that's where I'm at. Last one, favorite hoops team growing up? Uh, my favorite college team was Michigan. Uh, my favorite NBA team was the Boston Celtics. Oh, yeah, because you're close there, right? Yeah. So yeah. I have this I have this argument with Anthony's roommate. I think Larry Bird should be mentioned with Jordan, LeBron. I have this argument all the time with him. Larry Bird was a stone-cold killer. That guy was great. Yeah, that I guy- I'm I'm definitely way too young to agree or disagree, but I've I've heard many people say that, and uh, yeah, I mean I, I mean I've heard he was a really great player. I'm definitely too young to have an input on it, though. I'm not gonna lie. I got a question. Last morning, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, was there ever a time at Rutgers or in high school or whenever that you like went into that huddle last last play down a, down a point or two, and you're like, I want the ball, like. And or coach was like going with this, and you're like, look at your teammate. You're like, nah, give me the ball. Or did you ever yeah, call for that? Yeah, probably too many times. <laughs> probably too many times. Yeah, I mean, uh, usually the, the end of the game, I, I kind of just tell Coach Michael, just like, let me get it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, but it, 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 you know, it's funny, but he really, he really trusts me in that situation. And, uh, that's that's rare. Uh, you know, it's rare for my teammates to just be like, yeah, just give it a geo. And that's rare for the coach to just, all right, just, you know, just do your thing. And, uh, uh, it's, it's a really good thing, but, uh, I definitely probably too many times where I'm just like, yeah, coach, just give me, just give me the ball. I got it. And, uh, who's the best, who's the best dunker on your team? Ooh, best dunker. We have a lot of good dunkers. That's, that's one thing that, you know, we I think we take pride in dunking. Uh, I would probably say Montez Mathis, you know, he's just so, every time he dunks, it's something explosive. It's some, it's on somebody's, uh, and he has just that meanness about him where he he's not really afraid of anybody at the rim. So I'd probably say him. Yeah, I got one, lay out. Go ahead, one more for you. Uh, where do you where are you seeing Geo Baker in five years? Oh, that's good. Uh, five years, you know, hope, hopefully in the NBA. You know, playing pro basketball. Um, you know. To go a little bit further, I know I want to I want to be a coach when I'm done playing. But five years from now, I definitely want to be playing pro basketball, NBA or overseas, you know, wherever it takes me. But and definitely you have any any idea or interest in that level of where you where you'd want to coach one day? Yeah, I definitely want to be a college coach. Uh, I tell Coach Pike all the time that I need a job when I'm done. So <laughs> <laughs> who owns the rack? Who owns the rack more? You or Ashnall? Oh, I got, I got to say Anthony, man. I, <laughs> national champion. I got I got to be humble on this one. I, I don't think I own it yet. Uh, national oh, champion. man. You uh, still got some time, man. You got another, Sorry, another, another year, though, so I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a lot yeah, of I'm coming for it. For sure, I'm coming for it. Memories already there, so. I mean. Yo, that, that step back challenge went viral. That was awesome. Everything you're doing for our Rutgers community has been great, man. Yeah. Uh you're a super humble guy. This is great. Even just getting to know you over this last week and talking with you. I knew you were that way. What people may not know, they may now, but we share the same facility. So it has helped our wrestling program so much being around you guys. I hope it's helped your program being around our guys. For sure. uh, it's It's been awesome. The new facility has been sick just, just so we can have that. We never had that before. So, uh, we're fired up, man. We're, we're proud of you. You're the man. Uh, we love what you've done and your teammates for Rutgers. And we appreciate you giving us some time today. Yeah. Thank you for having me guys. It's been, this has been great. Uh, you know, and, uh, shout out Rutgers nation, you know, always supporting, you know, I don't really know how many people are watching right now, but, uh, you know, it'll be a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. So, uh, I really appreciate it guys. And the facility has been awesome. And, uh, being close to you guys, you know, having a guy like Anthony come in and talk to the team, that was great for us. You know, I think it really helped a lot of guys' mindsets, honestly. So, um, yeah, just really appreciative and, and thanks. Yeah, thank you. Good job, man. Take care. Stay safe. All right, Gio. All right, you too. All right, my man. See you soon. That was awesome, dude. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Dude, that went so quick. No, I really, so I've really never uh, gotten gotten a chance to chat with him like that and get to know him. Like, I that was cool to get to know him. Um, Definitely very similar, man, me and him. I think we're going to be friends for a long time after that conversation, to be honest. Yeah. That was good. Well, 
Uh, let's remind people they could come on face to face. We still got some time before we get off here by pressing the green button on that fan cred, uh, the fan cred app down at the bottom. Um, yeah, you know, you know, this is a pretty cool story. I know you're a big Mulcahy guy, uh, the freshman that came in. Uh, I am too. You know, he reached out to us right away the first week he was on campus in school and wanted to come in the wrestling room and just watch us train. And I was like, this guy's this guy's going to be special. And just being around all of them, man, Harper and those guys and Shaq, and, you know, they eat on that second floor where the wrestling programs, uh, where we're situated right outside our, our offices and our, our wrestling room is the calf. So we get to see those guys quite a bit. And we share a sauna with the coaches. They don't get in there much with us, but Shoes does. Shoes, shoes gets in there with us. But uh, there, there's some good guys. But I know you're a big Mulcahy fan as well. Uh, what's your relationship like with him? It was just cool, man. Like he came that that second week maybe of school as a freshman, and he's got the comp, not only the confidence but the courage. Like it, you're just figuring out – you're not even figuring out yet where classes are. You're getting lost still. You're taking the wrong buses at this point. And he's got the courage to come into the wrestling room and ask to like pretty much get like, can I shadow with Anthony Ashnall and Nick Soriano? Like to me, man, I'm going to help a kid like that every single day. Like that, those are the kids that I want to be helping. And um, I mean, it's still funny to me. Like I feel young still. And when kids ask me for like guidance like that, like I still feel a little bit of me feels funny. Like I still feel like a student. I don't feel like the, teacher yet but uh it's cool to give back man whatever whatever knowledge i could give from my experiences um i think it goes a long way especially that i feel that way i still feel like a student like i'm training hard still i have a lot of goals i want to accomplish so to be able to relate with him and still give him my experience uh i think it went a long way and then he made an immediate impact in that lineup in that basketball team so it was cool to have that relationship with him have his phone number be like let's grab lunch one sometime soon kind of things like that. And then all of a sudden he's, he's immediately making an impact on the team. And uh, he really, it was, he was really appreciative of it too. It was funny. He's like, you know, I just want to pick these guys, mind, pick their brains, just their competitive nature. And I was like, all right, well, instead of just like setting up a meeting, right. Cause I'm not going to be able to get Suriano to set up a meeting with him. I said, just come in the practice room. And you know how Nick comes in the room, headsets are on and, you know, he talked to you, he talked to a bunch of the guys, but then he was watching practice. Nick comes walking in and it was preseason. So it was kind of an open room and you know how he's got his, he's just so intense. And Mulcahy was like, yo, that dude's too intense. I won't, uh, I won't, I won't go near him. I was like, yeah, you probably better off. And, you know, Nick, it's beginning of September. He's ready to fight and scrap, scrap with someone, which is cool. So he got to see all of it, you know, and then our guys reached out. We sent our guys over kind of one-on-one and now they have a relationship and, it's cool to see what he's doing, man. No, it's definitely a – It's good to have that relationship as athletes too. I feel like the facility closes that gap. We weren't ever really that tight with the basketball team. And I don't know why wrestler – because it's the same season when you're growing up, you're like – you think like basketball and wrestling are like opposite sports. But a lot of similarities, as you saw from Gio's mindset and the way he goes about his business, man, a lot of overlapping – themes and what we talk about every day. So, I mean, in my mind, it just makes both, both sports elevated at Rutgers a little bit. Here's what I'm figuring out. Well, I figured it out. I think I have it figured out. It, it not only is it an incredible work ethic and a championship lifestyle, you got to believe you got to really, really believe and not only yourself, but the environment, you got to believe everything you're doing is right. And you could bring people with you. You could choose not to, but you got to believe in, in the situation you're in and believe it could get better and believe that, you're going to be great. And that's clearly what I'm getting out of, even from Frazier and Edgar, obviously, obviously Edgar, but you and Gio, it's, that's it. It's a belief in, in the way, what you're going to put out is what you're going to get back. So. Yeah. There, not, there was not rocket. There was an underlying theme of like both of us coming to Rutgers, you know, like the moment my brother went to Rutgers, even kind of like as he was making that transition and going to SKWC as like an eighth grader, just being in that environment, like, it wasn't hard to buy into what you guys were doing. I immediately believed it. And he said the same thing about Coach Peichel when he came to his house. He believed it right away. And that's that's where that drive comes from when you believe in it. And you got um, not only individual that believes in it, but you got a collaboration of a team, like a coach and a couple athletes and a couple coaches. It's like you got you start forming, you start picking up little pieces of the puzzle here and there as the years go by. And now, now all of a sudden you're in a good position. We got – we got Mark backstage, but before we go to him, I'll answer a couple of these quick hitters. Why Bowden over Trestle? 
that was a toss-up. I could have absolutely went Trestle, both very, very spiritual. Uh, I went Bowden because Trestle's an Ohio State Buckeye. At least that's the way I see him. And we're in the Big Ten. I can't go with him. Will we see Ryan Vulak? Do you think we'll absolutely we'll see Ryan Vulak? He's doing great. His back is so much better. He's gotten some good help with that. And uh, you will absolutely see Ryan Vulak. He's going to be special this upcoming season. I guess we got Mark is not backstage, but he's on the video. Maybe you got to allow the camera on the top of the screen, Mark. It says I'm live. Can you hear me? No, no, you're live. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. He said he wouldn't be on. Oh, gotcha. Hey, thanks for doing this, first of all, because I need my Rutgers fix, and I'm just holed up at home, working from home, and it's tough. So this is my first time on. It's just awesome. I was going to ask Gio a question, but, you know, it would be interesting to hear your take. I was just perplexed that at the end of the year, at the end of the season – the selection committee didn't go ahead with uh, selecting the teams at least that would make the tournament so you could hang the banner and get what you deserved or you earned. I was really surprised. I was wondering what even you guys would think about that. I mean, wouldn't you want that recognition for that hard work? And then also for both of you, I'd love to know who the big personality is on the team the past few years. You know, who's that, that comedian, that funny guy, because you just look like a bunch of animals out there. And so focused, I don't know who's like that. That one guy on the team that keeps everyone laughing. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, and why don't you take the, uh, less serious, hearted one, less serious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The funny guys on the team, I'd say when I first got to school, Anthony Parati was definitely the funny guy on the team, whether, um, whether it was crossing the line or not to me, to me, like it was the kind of humor that I thought was hilarious. Uh, I really, um, was attracted to the humor. We became friends through it. Um, other guys on the team that are current team, I'm not as close with, but I mean, Matt Carreni just transferred, but he was definitely a funny individual. Um, coach, you got an input on the current current team? Maybe Nixon. Yeah, kind of. Nixon. Who they? Maybe. It's it. Nick, say that again. Santos. Yeah, there's some guys they gravitate to. It's kind of like spread out. It's not. Yeah, Matt was super competitive. Parati was super competitive. Like, we play handball, and that was a big deal and made it, in our program. Their competitiveness, I think it, competitiveness was funny because they were so all out and extravagant. Yeah. How about the crazy. coaches? Any of them? Oh, they're competitive just as much, man. When we're playing, yeah. when we're playing handball. We have a good time. We have a good time with our guys for sure. And I, I'd i say you know, good deal by far. And Leonardo, <laughs> them two together is, is funnier than any guy on our team. <laughs> we kind of get at it but to answer your question on the NCAA mark this is an awesome call too thanks man uh you know I, I absolutely believe they should have named the tournament the 64 man or 64 team bracket or 66 whatever it is now but they should have absolutely done that and recognized those teams that's something you could have really fell back on in wrestling they went as far and I wasn't a fan of it fan of this at first um, they went as far as not uh, giving all Americans out. So if you were top eight seeded at the national tournament, they would you're a first team all American. If you were ninth through twelfth, you were a second team all American. If you were thirteen through sixteen, you were a third team all American. So I was kind of against that at first because I know what goes into that tournament, and I've seen top seeds not place in some years. So there's so much that goes into the tournament. But going back at it now and thinking about it, you know. It's cool that Sammy Alvarez is is considered an All-American. Nick Aguilar is considered an All-American. So uh, I absolutely believe they should have drew out that bracket. And it, it gives you a whole nother week, right, to discuss and talk, get your mind off COVID-19. That's what I would have done. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why the NCAA chose not to do that. Uh, but, that, yeah, that, that would have been good for the – certainly the news, news writers, sports writers, and all those guys. So I'm not sure why they didn't do that. Agreed. Thanks, guys. Hey, All right, man. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for coming on, buddy. I got a question in the comments from Mike here. Did Anthony? Did you joke with Jim Jordan about beating Micah for the title? Uh, oh yes. <laughs> when I was at the White House, Jim Jordan was like Trump's right hand man, just because Jim Jordan was a national champ wrestler. So uh, they just had him with introducing the teams, and Jim Jordan actually broke the ice with me and was like. Hey, Mr. Trump, this is the guy that beat my nephew three times this year and won the national title against him. So, I mean, from the from that, it was like I didn't even have to joke with him. He kind of just he opened it up by just embarrassing himself. So it was just like not embarrassing himself, but just like uh, I was 
I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, oh yeah, like, yeah, great so, year. It was a great year. <laughs> like your your nephew's really tough, but uh, so so my mom, my mom is super into politics. She does not like Trump. She doesn't like the Republicans. I don't want to get into that, but uh, we have fights all the time. And now she doesn't like Jim Jordan. She didn't know who Jim Jordan was. She, you know, <laughs> and I said, he's this, he's that, he's this. I said, oh yeah, was he like? Because he recruited me when he was at Ohio State. I go, did you like him then? He's like, what? He recruited? I go, yeah, you sat with him. You jumped it up with him. You had a great time with him. You love the guy. But now, here we are, whatever, 30 years later, you don't like him anymore. She's like, yeah, you know, F you, Scott, whatever, F you. So it's crazy. That guy's a nice guy, man, and his kids are great kids, and they did a great job. I know they're super tight with the Pritzlofs. They wrestled for Donnie, and Donnie has a great relationship with Jim Jordan. But that was cool. I thought he he did that. He did a good job with that. Why don't you tell the fans what your uh, brother's – can we do that or no? Maybe we should stay away from that. With what? The name of the son, name of his son, or you want to stay away from that? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure they're still gonna go with the name Micah as their son. Yeah, my brother and uh, and my sister in law, they're having a baby. That's uh, the due date's May 16th, and uh, they're they want to name the son Micah. And they came to me. They were like asking, kind of like not for permission, of course, but just like, hey, like we're gonna we want to name our son Micah. What do you think? Kind kind of like just ran it by me and I, I at first I was like that's cool like yeah like I mean but uh in the moment what am I gonna say like no I don't want you to name my kid Micah because I beat him three times like I don't care I don't really care like that but it was really funny to me I was just like oh that's like that's a small world you know um but in my mind bro that that, that means nothing man this is just wrestling like yeah. Especially especially that I know Micah a little bit, just getting to know him around the weigh-ins and the tournaments, man. And he's a great kid. Great kid. Great kid. Yep. So to have have a name, like the the worst thing about names when I think about names when people are picking names is like when I think about that per, that name, like I don't want to be thinking about that kid that I grew up with that's that has that name or something like that. And they're here. So can you imagine can 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 you imagine what people like everyone like Micah's an awesome dude? Can you imagine what people when they were competing against Donnie, what from the outside, what you're thinking, this is like the nicest guy in the world. For sure. And they probably just think, oh man, he is so intense and blah, blah, blah. And no, these wrestlers are like, they're good dudes, man. I think there's like a, there's a genuine cult, right? Because of how hard everybody works and, and trains. So I think there's that cult behind it. Yeah. Donnie's like memorizing though to like families. Like, I don't, I think they, they don't see his intensity. He like light, lightens it up when the mom and the sisters are there and like the, whole family and then like you tell them the first the first month you come back from school like like I went with Donnie a couple of times it's another level it's like Donnie like he's such a good guy like no. <laughs> you're like oh you don't know you don't know you don't know, yeah. I know what's great is I got it says Karen from Tom's River that's my mom is backstage we are not taking that call there's not come a on, come on. no way no way come we on. are finishing this up this has been awesome dude this has been great um, we gotta, I mean, if, if the fans want it, we'll, we'll do it again. Maybe we'll put out another poll. We thought about Anthony and I, Anthony and I spoke and we thought about maybe we do like every 15 minutes to make them shorter. Maybe at 1215, we bring on Pykele, 1230, Shiano, 1245, whoever, you know, just go like that. Maybe there's some other people out there and I don't know if we can get those coaches on. I, maybe it's just you and I love to do this. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're not that interested, but. Maybe we do something like that next week where we get four or five small guests to come on and, and just shoot it with them a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I like that idea a lot too. Um, gives a lot of different perspective. And um, I'm a big fan of the the way Ariel Hawani does his. on He does it like on Instagram and ESPN Live. And uh, he'll have like a bunch of different MMA fighters on just like that. MMA, he'll have a trainer, a guy in – wrestling on like Bo Nickel then all of a sudden like Frankie Yeager on like 15 minutes later it's really cool and it um it gives different perspectives on all all different people are are uh in different situations in their life so just a lot of different perspective I got a comment in the uh a question in the comments real quick I'll answer after the quadic match I held up 10 points was it spontaneous or was it planned it was definitely spontaneous I never think about uh a reaction that I'm going to do after a match or a celebration. I'm really always focused on my game plan and um, how I'm going to execute it and how, how I'm going to prepare my mind. If negative thoughts come in, when I'm going to combat it with positive and 
that's where my mindset's at when I'm going to wrestle. I never really think I never thought about uh, a celebration. Um, it was just something that came in my mind when I looked up. I was like, I thought it was four back points. That's what I was really thinking. I thought I got a four swipe to end the match. It should have been 12 to or 11 to at the time. And then I was like, dang, nine to. And then I was like, oh, I got riding time. I got a major. I was like, that's 10 points. And then I then I just thought about it on the spot. <laughs> that was sick. I was going to ask Gio because you hear you hear when we throw up that video, we threw it up recently the last couple of weeks and they, they kind of the argument is what was louder of uh, a rack when he hit a shot. I think it was against Northwestern or or when you beat Kalazic, right? So obviously the wrestling fans all think actually a lot of the sports fans think you versus Kalazic was pretty loud. Yeah. That was that got loud. It was definite in there, man. Hard to hear. Yeah. Hard to hear. And I I'm amazed how those guys, even how you guys can concentrate, right? And then you have coaches like us. We're yelling. What are we yelling? It's not like you can hear us. It's too loud, right? But it's just normal to yell. There's times. It's hard to hear. There's times you hear you hear it though. There's there is times you hear it. And uh I think you know as a wrestling athlete that there was times you probably heard it, and that's deep down, like you wouldn't do it if you knew it didn't affect outcomes at all. Uh, it's funny like I've talked about it before in these podcasts, like I'm in the little kid scene, like it's you're yelling like, cause sometimes you're coaching them through positions, man. And it's funny to see it all the way up to the college level. Like you still are doing the same stuff, even though the kids are so advanced, you're still, you still are yelling things that you think are uh, helping them, which may help. They may not, but you want to give that chance. The best is trying to teach technique on the way when you go out of bounds till you get to the middle, we're trying to teach technique. Like that's gonna work. So, but anyway, man, let's let's keep doing this. This is awesome. It's fun. Uh, you're the man. Yeah. Love it. Let's get together this week too to train again. Yeah, that sounds good, man. We'll stay six feet again, right. and we'll get it done. Yep. Throw that video I up. Well, or maybe not. Maybe keep me out. You're right in the middle. I was told <laughs> we should have had you on an end so we could have cropped. I know. <laughs> People listening and following could watch the old guy struggle. You should be proud of how, 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 how you compete there, how much fight you still got at your age. You should be definitely proud. Yeah. All right, my man. Tell Simmons, hey, take care of Simmons. I know the Eagles had a terrible draft last night. Take care of them. Yeah, I'll try to help them out. I'll see you, see you buddy. Later.